0: Ah, That was supposed to be a joke. (laughs) Thank you. Y'all are awake. I know some of you are struggling. Um, How many of you were at Global Night Commute last night? There were, uh, you got those pictures, there were 54 who started the night. We started with a walk and this was the whole purpose is you were to walk from wherever you were to get here. And so this was part of the walk. There's the folks who were there at the beginning of the night. Um, What's the next one? Oh, we had a we had an art contest and uh, all of these are going to be collected, be sent off. Um, this was the winner of our, our uh, art contest, Art contest, man, I'm tired. Um, and the winner of the art contest is the only one that got to sleep on an inflatable mattress last night. The rest of us slept on the ground. This is a letter writing campaign to our um, representatives and senators. And by the way, there are some letters at the back. If you would like to sign that, we are trying to get as many as possible to sign. You must be 18 because uh, our elected representatives do not care if you are below 18 and you cannot vote. They don't think you matter a whole lot. So remember that when you get 18 so you can vote and get rid of them. Um, but anyway, you can sign those back there. We're trying to get as many as possible. Imagine that right there. Um, that is, we're, about to, we're about to get to see that in person. Danae and Jason, we're going to interview them in just a minute. This is 6 a.m. Um, you notice it's a smaller group. <laughs> and this was everybody who was still there. We had to drag a few over. I think Alex drug uh, Gabrielle over there. But we eventually got everybody there. It was freezing this morning. Um, but let's see. We had roosters. We had a cat fight. We had numerous trains uh, that went through last night. Cars. We had Tejano music. We had... Rock and roll music, and we had Danae and Jason giggling and laughing, you know, like at 5 o'clock in the morning. It was so bad that they actually brought their kids into the church. I, I roll over at 5 o'clock and see some lights on, and I'm like, who's jacking around in the church at this time of night? So I come up, you know, I'm ready to bust somebody, and it's all of them in there because their kids wouldn't go to sleep. So they're all crammed in the nursery having great fellowship. Um, but anyway, so they. Did y'all get any sleep at home tonight? Th- this morning? Okay. I know Casey didn't sleep at all, so he. he yeah, well, OK, so we're all struggling today. I had I had the largest monster energy drink you can find. It's the XXL. If I would had two of them, you know, I'd have drunk them because I'm, I'm struggling. I had about, I guess, three. By the time I went home, I slept a couple hours uh, at home. But I felt like a train had run over me when I got up from that. I felt good when I went home, but whoo, it was bad. Um, so anyway, we had a good time last night. Couple of things. Uh, we postponed our garage sale to benefit the Connors. We postponed that from yesterday to next week because of the uh, uh, rain that we were having. And so you can still bring things if you want to do that. We need them by Wednesday night at the latest. And then we'll be here next uh, Saturday morning. We also have our church work day next Saturday morning. We'll provide breakfast. We'll start the work day around eight. Got lots of things, lots of rooms we need to finish and clean up and, and stuff like that. Um, we also have changed our second chance prom. It now is a third chance prom or fourth, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we have been able to purchase some chairs for the church, and I'm going to have to go get those next uh, Sunday afternoon. And so I'm going to need some help when I get back. The church that we are buying them from, um, they use them through next Sunday afternoon. I'll drive down there with a U-Haul truck, load them up, and then I need some help. Coming up the stairs. I do not want to bring a hundred chairs up the stairs by myself when I get back. So I'll let you know about that if you can help. um, We'd appreciate it. The other thing is in. uh, Let's see. Next week we finish up the lust series. Next week we're talking about leaving lust Vegas. And so we'll finish up that series. Week after that is Mother's Day. And then the 21st. You've heard about the Da Vinci Code coming out. There's a couple of things that we're going to do. We're going to have a three week series on. Um on the Da Vinci Code, and then we're also going to start small groups, a four-week small group. We meet every week for four weeks um, discussing the Da Vinci Code. Lee Strobel and Gary Poole have put this together. Lee Strobel is the guy who wrote The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, The Case for Easter. Um, what he's done, there's a DVD in here, and he's gone to all of the locations or several of the locations that are going to be in the movie that are in the book. I just finished the book, and its it's based on... A bunch of lies. Uh, and so we're going to bring out the main points of that. The questions that he's going to answer on here are what can history tell us? Because uh, Dan Brown says that history has been um, revised so that that the Bible we have now is not the true Bible. That's what Dan Brown says. So we're going to refute that. Um, can we trust the four Gospels? Because he's going to say there are 80 Gospels. That um, that were not included in the New Testament. Well, there's a reason they weren't included. It's because they're garbage and we're going to we're going to prove that. Um, what's the role of women in Christianity? Because they talk about um, that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene and and uh, that the bloodline of Jesus lasts to today. Well, it's all it's all a bunch of garbage. And we're going to show you that you don't have to be afraid of talking about that. So we're going to do four weeks of this. There's going to be one small group that meets here at the church for four consecutive Sundays um, at 9.30 a.m. There'll be two small groups that meet off campus that are going to be studying this, and we'll have a sign-up sheet next week where you can sign up to go to one of them. If you can't come Sunday mornings, if there's another time you'd rather come, then we'll uh, include you in that. So we, just want, we believe that folks are going to be talking, that this is an excellent opportunity for us to prepare people to defend um, Christianity. It is a thinking man's religion. It is not blind faith that we have. There's a reason we believe in Jesus Christ, and and we're going to help you understand all of those reasons. Jason and Danae, y'all come up here. Um, We are going to interview them today and uh, going to have some fun, but we're also going to be very real and very transparent about what's uh, some of the topics that we've been talking about. You don't like those lights, do you? You are in the spotlight. You can have a seat there. Now, they are very nervous, believe it or not, even Denae. Jason, I was telling him last night, we were kind of going over some of the stuff that we'd be talking about. And he goes, man, it doesn't matter. It's going to be bad either way you go, you know, whether I know the questions or not, because he's, he's not someone that generally gets up and speaks in public. And so they have agreed to just be transparent with us today. And uh, I just want to pray over them, pray for our time together before we start this interview. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for Jason and Danae and what they mean to me. God, what I've seen you doing in their life. It's an incredible deal that you've done with them and you've delivered them from really the pit of despair. You've delivered their marriage. You've resurrected their marriage. And so, God, I just pray that you empower them with your spirit today and that you allow them Not only to be transparent, God, but to be used by you. And we pray that you would be honored by what we say today and that you'd be glorified. And maybe some folks out here would be inspired to pursue you uh, with all of their hearts. And we just pray this in Jesus name. Amen. All right well let's let's ask a, a a quick question before we get into the meat of what we're going to do why in the world did you say yes when i asked you if you would come up and talk about the problems you've had in your marriage and when we talk about pornography why would you say that yes it works
1: uh for me it's just a an opportunity to testify to the love um the love of christ that's just became apparent in our lives and uh I just don't feel right about sitting on that and holding it, just in our home. But just to share that, because along with that love comes joy, and it's and it's it's just great. It's just great. Real real issues that God really delivered us from.
0: Yeah.
1: Sorry. Why, why did you agree to
0: to do this?
2: I know I, by talking to people that I have shared so many of the same struggles with people and never really realize that, you know, there's things that you want to keep in because you, you're afraid of, you know, what other people would think. But then when you do finally cross that line and talk to somebody, you realize, oh, they're the same as me. You know, they, they struggle with the same problem as I have. So I just believe it just, I you know, it opens up hearts. And
0: so we've talked about this, the fact that when we bring things into the light, that, that the power that Satan has over us is dissipated. When we keep things secret, that's... The secrecy of pornography, the secrecy of problems in your marriage, the secrecy of problems in your everyday life. If you keep it secret, you keep it in the dark, it grows in power. But as soon as you bring it out into the light, that's when that's when Satan loses his power. He doesn't want us to confess because the Bible says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so you may be healed. And so I just I admire you guys for being willing to to come up here and, and talk to us today. Now. Your marriage has not always been uh, smooth. Is that is that an accurate statement? Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, there, <laughs> no. there were some rough spots. Tell us about some of the rough spots. What what were some things that you were thinking? What were some things that were going on in your home um, that caused problems?
1: Well, I think it all happened when we first got married. We, um, I mean, honestly, wasn't um, you know living with. Uh, you know, the principles of the Bible that the Bible teaches, you know, direct in our lives. I mean, we was living together before we were married, um, you know, sexual relations before we were married. Um, I just feel like we got off to the wrong start. Um, I, at that point, didn't even acknowledge God, you know, as being real. Um has always been the one, you know, she always tried to testify to me about her faith. And I was always just close-minded about it. Um, but I think because of that, neither one of us knew what love was and we've had to grow closer to christ to understand what real love is love that god designed you know because what we from the very start we've always expected um love to be given to us and uh of course that sets us up for failure and uh you know each of us has set a high expectation for the other one and uh, so i mean we're always just uh disappointing each other and uh and then all these little things that happen, I mean, just drive a wedge between you guys, and till you just finally don't even talk anymore, uh, you know, unless it has something to do with uh, paying a bill or, you know, or the kids or something like that. And we just um, live separate lives, <laughs> you know.
0: And you said you didn't feel like you deserved love. What do you mean by that?
2: Yeah, no, I, I was saying we, we, you feel like I felt like I deserved love from him. Oh, and I you felt weren't like getting I, it. I, yeah, I felt like I was doing something, and you know, to get something back from him, you know, all that okay. time.
0: And you said something about yelling. Tell us about that. Uh,
2: <laughs> we, there
0: were we several <laughs> instances, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: it definitely was. We've been, had a cops call on us more than once. And, uh, you said your neighbors? Yeah, poor Heather. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't think Heather and Keith called on you, but you said. They, I think they were spying on us. They yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're right across the street from them. Uh, they haven't confessed it if they were
1: once, but
0: <laughs> well, neighbors <fine>. called. <laughs> Tell us when you when you really. Um, knew something was seriously wrong in your marriage. No,
2: okay. Go ahead. <laughs> well, the last time we had the the big argument, um was, to me it was the biggest one because our kids were involved in it and Alyssa called nine one one on us and I mean we were out in the front yard and I don't know how Heather and Keith didn't say stuff so, but I mean it was bad and that's we got to the point where, you know, i had gotten to arguments with him and said stuff about divorce, you know, I think we're going to you know we're heading to divorce but that last fight, you know, Jason said something about divorce, and I was like, oh, no. I was and you like, could threaten it, but yeah. when he
0: threatened it, it really got your attention. Yeah,
2: I mean, that was the first time he'd ever said it. And so I knew if he was saying it, you know, it was bad. You know, there was something, you know, he was you know, I could gripe and complain all day long about what he wasn't doing. But as soon as he, like, brought it to my attention that, you know, maybe I was wrong, too, you know, and it, it wasn't going to be able to be fixed. I was like, oh, no. That's when uh, I mean, I really thought that day that it was going to be over.
0: Now, in this one, you said it was really a big fight. Um, This is the point. Tell us, because you shared something before.
1: Well, that actually was a a fight before that. Uh, I mean, it got physical in the last fight because we were, I mean, we were literally fighting over um, Kaylee and literally uh, Alyssa, you know, was just getting pushed around, you know, inadvertently. And, uh, you know, she called 911. But there was a fight before that, you know, where I actually had my hands around her throat, you know, and uh, had her pinned up against, uh, kind of like on top of the stove. I never really, you know, I've never really hit her or never, I never even thought of myself as being that kind of a person. But, you know, this one time, you know, I ended up, uh, before I even knew what happened, and it's not like she really did anything to me. I should but should
2: never thrown the pillow.
1: She threw a pillow at <laughs> she me. She threw a pillow at him. <laughs> and it drove me, you know, insane with, with anger and uh you know, and that was another time that the, the cops were called on us and you know, I, I just knew I was gonna go to jail and you know, and um Danae she used to say, No, he didn't touch me, he didn't he didn't do nothing and, and of course uh I was sorry afterwards but it still didn't register, it didn't click, you know, that it was to me it still wasn't my fault, you know. To me it was still we well, you, you know, you shouldn't not because if you know Danae, you know, you know that she doesn't... You know what she's thinking. You know, she doesn't... She's going to tell, tell you. And I used to... I got to the point where... I mean, the forwardness like that at the beginning of our marriage was great, man. Because I'm, you know, uh, not as bold as she is. And so for her to pour out so much attention to me, I loved it. Um, but... After a while, you know, when you live together, you just don't want to hear it no more. It was and, uh,
2: negative attention. <laughs> negative
0: attention, right. That's that's true. Now you had said to me before that you had your, your hands around her neck, you had no intention of killing her, you were you were trying to send a message to her. What was that message?
1: I can't keep up with you in words, but you know, as far as Bruce Frank goes, you know, this is what I got. You know <laughs> <laughs> <And> I knew. <laughs> Got your attention, didn't it? Yes, it,
0: did. uh, it? It worked. Um, you're not saying that Danae ever nags, right? You wouldn't say that.
1: I don't know. It's contentious. Woman is that a nagging? <laughs> that's scriptural. Yeah, that's scriptural. Better live
0: on the corner of the roof than share a house with. A and not two verses
1: home. later, it says uh, better live in the desert. So. <laughs>
0: now let's let's get in kind of to the meat of this um, because part of the problem was pornography, and this showed up a few years ago. Tell us, um, tell us how you discovered the, the the problem that Jason had with pornography.
2: Innocently, I was on the computer looking at you know history and stuff, and
1: being an investigator, I was just looking
2: innocently looking at the Innocent history
0: looking. on the computer.
2: <laughs> and I discovered you know some stuff. Uh, cause is what really you know, or, cause oh, how we all how y'all say that, but uh, that's where really where it came from. That right there was just a way too easy, and I mean everything was free. It started out, you know, we got it for, you know, his UFC videos and, and um, music and stuff. But then we realized how, you know, easy it was to get the other stuff. And uh, I just started, you know, I was looking. I actually honestly was the first time looking for a website that I had been on. And I was just checking my history. And I saw this, you know, my computer, you know, was looked at. And I was like, I got really good at computer hmm. at that point, you know.
0: You got the good at investigating. Yeah. <laughs> now you said it started innocently. Um, yeah. It actually, you were wa- you were looking at um, Ultimate Fight Club. You were watching some of those videos, watching some yeah. other things, boxing
1: fight clips. I mean, all the stuff that uh, I couldn't watch on pay per view or something like that. I could get a clip, you know, and download it. This video. We had high speed internet, you know, so I mean, it was all real quick and a bunch yeah. of music and stuff. But you know, and there's the I there's things that you can type up innocently on that thing, and it just brings everything um, you know that's remotely i i mean there's even times when the name of the pornography's not not even related to pornography and okay. you don't even know it until you click on it um, you know. so
0: you went to one of those sites and you got hooked
1: yeah it it uh i it's funny that uh, that it happened like that because I honestly had not uh, struggled with porn in my life you know I'd, I'd seen a magazine when I was younger but I just I think my parents had a, a you know well disciplined home and that stuff wasn't in there and I mean out of sight out of mind I never struggled with it until the you know high speed internet and Kaza, it. and it's just it's just too easy and, and uh, you know it, at first, you know, it was kinda like, you know, a joke, you know, we just see this so I didn't I didn't hide it. You know, it's like, Yeah, look at this, isn't that, you know, funny or whatever. <laughs> and then it got to um, well I wanted to see this and I didn't want Danae to think I was uh, some kind of freak, you know, so <laughs> that's when the secrets start coming, you know, and then it just it takes over like a fire, you know, and, and uh, almost to where any time that I was home alone, I it's almost like that thing was calling, you know, and and unfortunately I married my wife it didn't it didn't really last that long um, because like as I was saying you know if you know you know my wife you know that she's always gonna ask she always she's always gonna know what's on her you're, you're gonna know what's on her mind and so she I mean she she seen some stuff she confronted me you know um, I don't remember if I lied it the first no, time but I know, know I've lied, lied about it.
2: You lied about not doing it again. You never. When I confronted you, because yeah, you, yeah. you know you can't lie to me.
1: Yeah, I swore up and down I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, she can read me pretty good. Uh, but
2: it was pretty much you know, um, you know in that interview I listened to. It was like a roller coaster. It was like that woman said. It was an up and down thing where he would say, you know, I would catch him, you know, innocently the first time, confronted him, and he'd be like. I'm sorry, you know. I should have never done it. I won't ever do it again. You know, everything's good. Then you know, the next time I'm on the computer, I find something else, and then we're back, you know, at that point where I'm like, okay, got to confront him again. And and it was like that for, I mean, it was probably over a you know, 2 months span that, you know. I, I think I really, honestly approached him like four times, but the whole time, you know, he was doing it. You know, the schedule he was working left me in bed asleep, you know, and he had time to get up in the mornings and. He had even told me that he would find himself, you know, getting up a little bit earlier so he could, you know, go and, you know, have that that time to himself or whatever. And something that, you know, that he said to me was just, it it really helped me because he said, you know, it was just selfish of me. It was just me being selfish. It had nothing to do with you. It was just about me being selfish.
0: But you didn't didn't believe that, did you? No. How did it it make you
2: feel? It honestly I I felt inadequate I felt like you know and in all honesty I never felt like I kept you know sex from Jason or anything like that and I always felt like I was doing my womanly duty you know and but I couldn't figure it out I could not figure out what what I was missing that you know and it even got to the point where I felt you know like I had to perform for him you know because I thought well I'm obviously doing something wrong you know I'm you know these women have something that I don't have you know and
0: you felt like you were in competition. Like
2: yeah, that. I did. I felt like you know, like I got to figure out you know what I got to do to make him happy, and uh, if it's something that these women are doing, then I've got to figure it out, you know, and and so I don't lose him to this, you know.
0: And it even went to the extreme that you started doing the pornography, watching pornography with him, right? Because you thought that might help.
2: And that made things worse because. Having him there in the same room with me, you know, and, and that, I was just like, uh-uh, you better not be looking at that woman. You know, I couldn't stand that. That drove me nuts. And I tried to hide it for a while. But I was like, well, you know, maybe this is something, you know, if this is what I have to do, you know, I guess I've got to do it, you know. But after a while, I mean, I just thought, I was like, we can't do it. Well, then it, it, we got back to the same roller coaster, too, though, that we said that we weren't going to do it alone. We weren't going to, you know, watch it without each other or whatever, but uh, I would end up just asking him he come, I didn't know, and I didn't know if he'd watched it or not, but he'd come home from work, and I'd be like, did you watch the video this morning? He'd be like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah and <clears throat> I'm like, oh, don't ask me, <laughs> because <laughs> I can't hide it. But, um, you know, I was saying earlier, you know, they used to drive me nuts, being so forward and stuff. But I couldn't think of a better accountability partner to have than my own wife, who was so inquisitive, that uh, I mean, she would front me out, you know, every day because that's the only reason I dealt with it. I think inside I still didn't think. I thought, man, I could deal with this one more time, and then I could I could quit, you know, or or something. And then you know, with her, it, when it was like you said, it's in the light. I mean, God can just just destroy it, you know. But if you, if you let it fester inside of you, you know, you'll you'll lie about things. You will even lie to yourself to 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 even realize it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I mean, accountability partners to me is one of the the things that got me through that, to where, um, you know, time and, you know, distance, I still don't know how she busted me, so to this day, I don't get on the internet looking for that stuff, and I don't ask, how did you do that, because I don't want to know, you know, and, uh, um, you know, of course, and then somebody just being so blunt with you and say, hey, how you doing with that, you know, and uh, if you truly... Because you know, it's so embarrassing, you know, and I know men if you if you if you struggle with this, you know how hard it is to talk about this. But I know that uh you know, the blood of Christ is enough to cover this. If I'm willing to, to confront this. And and, and and repent of it, you know. And uh, so that's why, I, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to figure it out. I, I want I want to choose Christ, you know. I want to um, give that battle every day, you know, whenever lust hits me or, or the urge to to look at pornography and say, God, I know this is an opportunity to choose your will, and I want to do that, you know. And uh, it takes a lot of practice. I know it sounds silly, but it does. It takes a lot of practice. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think Satan would love to have you feel guilty and, uh, you know, and then feel horrible and never share that with anybody and uh, just let it control you to where you, you know, you keep it in that dark place. He loves that. And, uh, but immediately, whenever, uh, you know, (laughs) the fourth or fifth time, you know, Denae actually called me at work and uh, and asked me about it. And, you know, at that point, you know, I realized how much it was hurting her. You know, I realized that, um, you know, I was just a jerk. And, uh, you know, then, after all the fights and stuff like this, because I think pornography you know that struggle was you know coming to an end, but in our marriage, you know things weren't weren't okay because this last fight that we were in at uh us called nine one one that was just last year um so but we committed to church, and i'll admit you know when I approached her, it wasn't the right way because I was like look i was i was just I felt like I hit the bottom, I knew that I was even you know. Even when we were getting over things, you know, together, I still couldn't please her. You know, I felt like that. I felt like there's nothing I can do to make her happy. There's, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be a loser to her. And I just didn't know what to do because she could tell me everything that she wanted. And, you know, that whole damage, I'm going to give it to her, I'm going to give it to her. But then that day that I'm tired, you know, and, I, you know, I'm just <coughs> frustrated. I'm always going to choose my personal, you know, selfish desires and, and not give that to her because... Uh, me and her are totally opposite. You know, she's uh, one who likes to give affection and I'm not. You know, she's one that likes to talk a lot and, and I don't like to listen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We've
2: joked about that,
0: that, that. The tone of her voice would make this whole glazed look come over your face. And, and it really wasn't a joke. That was true. You yeah, were tuning I mean, her out. If the TV
2: was on, he wouldn't hear me. I mean, it, it,
1: it TV, if my brother was over, you know, and Danae would be talking and, and I'd be looking straight at her, you know, and she's telling me this story, and then all of a sudden my brother peeps in. I mean, I'm, I'm totally not listening to her anymore. Um, but I honestly did. It's like I felt like, you know, we just didn't have nothing to talk about. You know, there's nothing in common. You know, I, I like to, to read and stuff, and, and uh, you know, I wanted... We used to always talk about that. I needed intellectual stimulation, and, and she wanted to talk about, uh, you know...
2: That was an insult. <laughs> I like it
0: was it. an insult. Mm-hmm. Intellectual
2: but, stimulation.
0: Now, let me ask you something. On a scale of one to ten, when you were in the middle of it, not now as you look back, but when you were in the middle of it, one being you didn't have any problem with a porn addiction, ten being you are a full-blown addict, where would you see yourself in that scale? When, when oh, uh...
1: Ten. I mean, I lied, you know. Um, you know, I, I didn't... Uh, I lied to her. I lied to myself, you know. Um, I would... You know, it was a desire for me to... I was glad when she wasn't going to be home. She had to go do something. Yes, you know. Inside, I'm like, yes, I get to, you know, look at this porn, you know. And, and I'm, I mean, it's sick, you know. It was a, a sickness.
0: What would you say then? But, but then... You oh, oh, I'm sickness? sorry. Then,
1: I mean, I would have been like... oh I would have probably told you a three or even a two, you know. Like, oh, I've not never struggled with porn. Because it wasn't over a long span of my life. It was just this period of time, you know, that just just consumed me, you know. And uh, I would have, I, yeah, I'd have been in denial. I'd have said, no, I, I can deal with this, you know. I'd,
0: and it's the denial thing that keeps someone from coming to hell. Right. And it was after she confronted you that that you decided to to do some things to to turn your life around. You you said one of the things you did was you committed to church. Right. When was it that that you guys decided to get back in church? How long ago?
1: It was about a year ago when we got into that last fight. Um you know, when I felt like I the way I approached her was I knew I had been trying to read the Bible. I've been trying to do this, you know, my walk with God on my own. Up to this point I just had issues with churches, you know, I was like um I just didn't want to be out there. I had been burned in the past of my childhood, you know, and I just had an issue. I felt like that was uh you know, I could I could have a relationship with God on my own. But I couldn't, you know, and, and when we committed to this church at that time I said Danae, look, God has to be a priority in everything I do I need to get into church, you know, and and I I felt like she would want to do this with me. But I told her, I said, you know, if we can't do this, then we need to be divorced because I can't I can't do these two things. I I mean, I was at the point I just want to drop everything and just, you know, focus on God and, and focus on Christ. I know that looking back now, that's not the right way to deal with it. But uh, that's all I knew what no, to do. Honestly,
2: if you hadn't dealt with it that way, if you hadn't come to me so boldly with that, we would probably, if you hadn't turned to God, I mean, I think we would still be in the... You know, we'd probably be divorced right now.
0: How did you feel when he came to you and said this?
2: I was relieved when when he finally... I mean, because all these years he was, you know... See, the thing is he is so, you know... So, you know, smart when it comes to the Bible. and But he has all these questions that I could not answer. And he would... T- I'd be like... Oh. Well, I'm going to have to find somebody, you know. And luckily, he did have somebody that could answer those questions for him. And and without, you know, that person, you know, being able to talk to him, too, and, um, I would have lost him because I didn't know how to answer those questions. I All I was, you know, had pretty much was like, well, I have faith, and that's all I need. You know, you just better believe it. And, I and
0: that's didn't... one of your pet peeves. That's part of the problem. You had with church all the time because mm-hmm. people were always telling you you had to have more faith. Last night you said, "How do you get
1: it?" Yeah, <clears throat> people say, "I know there's been people I'd ask questions you know and and they they have like this certain thing that they would say to you when they try to witness to you at first, you know, maybe you know some scripture you know." To, to have you pr- pray to, to to accept Christ as your Savior. But when you start asking questions and it starts starts falling apart, you know, and, and uh, I mean, I, I feel like just common sense things that I picked up on, I wanted to know. And they would say, well, you just got to have faith. And I mean, I'm like, where do you get it from? I mean, i uh, uh, pull it out of my pocket I mean how do you get it how do, I mean how do you have that much faith at one time go from zero to you know uh, 100 miles an hour how do you do that and I think for me personally I've learned that uh, you know over this last year I trust I trust God in prayer you know and I trust uh, his promise of uh repent uh, you know salvation through the blood of his son and it's just like I build up on that trust more and more and more and that's how my faith grows this for me it's not something I can just pull out of my back pocket and say, "Ah, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to do this. And and, uh, so, but I also believe that uh, it's unshakable, you know, when it takes that long to gain it, you know, and looking back, you know, mistakes that we've made. I I know that God, because I love reading James, you know, it's one of my favorite books, because when you go through trials, he tells you, you know, that, that, you know, count it all joy, because you're going to. You're doing going through these things so that you can learn, so that you can persevere, and uh, you know. And I say, more or less, prove your love again. You know, it's not about words. You know, uh, his Bible says he's not a god of words; he's a god of power, and it's proof. You know, and it's something like this. You know, to where, honestly, Danae, I was I didn't like her. You know, I thought, my, did I marry her? You know, I just jumped into this, and and <laughs> but I have i have fallen in love with her all over again. You know, I I enjoy every moment with her. Um, it, and
2: it's the same for me. I mean, I can really feel. And I mean, I don't know how many times I asked him. You know, do you like me? I could just feel, you just don't like me. You don't like being in the same room with me. You know, I could just sense it. You know, and I, I don't let it go either. You know, I would just keep on.
1: Inside, out. I'm screaming no. <laughs> 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 you know? I mean, outside, yeah. I'm like no, yeah. I don't have any. I like breathing. you, <laughs> I like you no, just fine. No. <laughs>
0: Um, now, you said that you felt very insecure back then in the middle of all of that pornography. Um, and you used to ask him questions about, like, y'all would go places, you'd see somebody. Tell, tell us about that.
2: Hey, you know, we could go to the store, and if he left me out in the car, you know, like you say it was Kim's, and, you know, I could see through the window. So I'd see him walk in, and I could see him at the counter, and I'd see this pretty little thing walking, you know, I'd be like, and i just, you know, my radar would be on. I'd be watching him, and I mean, he might just, you know, whatever, but I was like, I saw you look at her. <laughs> I saw you look at that girl, and he'd be like, I do not look, and he would tell me, I do not look. If I see long, flowing hair, you know, at the corner of my eye, I am not going to look. I'm going to turn away, and I was like, at this point, you all have to realize I was pregnant, and I had just chopped all my hair off. And he started talking about long, flowing hair, and I was like, so it's a thing for long, long, flowing hair. I was like, I cut my hair off, and now you got a thing for long, flowing hair. I was like, so I thought he was, like, you know, sending me some, like, subliminal messages or something, you know, like, I'm supposed to catch this. I gave him the hardest time about that long, flowing hair, and I still do.
0: She still does. I've heard her do it. Yeah. But what he was saying was, when he sees that, he immediately That's looks right. away. It's what we've kind of been talking about this whole series. Um... And I know there's been lots of discussion. I've talked to many people over this these last couple of weeks about marriage, about pornography, about this this stimulation that guys get through their eyes. And and it's and most women have said they don't feel adequate whenever guys are, are captivated by someone else's beauty. But here's the thing, this is what we gotta remember is God designed men to be sight oriented. Now, that does not give us the, the right to, get, to, to say, just get over it, woman. God made me this way. Well, that's, that's self-centered and it's stupid. Okay? So, wives, I give you permission to tell your husband, that's stupid if he ever pulls that. <laughs> tell him I said that. Um, but what we've got to realize is seeing a beautiful woman. All right? If I'm walking somewhere and I see a beautiful woman, that is not a sin. Especially if I learn to bounce my eyes to my wife. I mean, we've talked about this in, in Celebrate Recovery, talked about this with others. If we can learn to, to bounce to what I have. You know, where we talked about this with Adam and Eve a couple of weeks ago. Satan got her focused on the one thing she could not have. And she forgot all of the good stuff in the garden. And she became obsessed with that one thing she couldn't have. And so if Satan gets your mind on that, men especially, we've got to learn to bounce back to what we do have and be thankful when I, when I do that and I look back and I thank God. I, and in my mind I say, God, thank you for Janie. And I start focusing on the things that I fell in love with. I'm not lusting. You see the difference? If, if someone comes in front of me, that's not a sin. When it becomes a sin is when I begin to undress her with my eyes. That's a sin. If I begin to think anything else about her other than that's my sister. <laughs> if you can teach yourself to do that. My sister, God forbid I don't want to see my sister like that, you know? I mean, I have a sister. And if I can think of everybody else except my wife as my sister, then that's totally different. Does that make sense? Now, we also had this discussion. There's a lot of us been talking through this whole series. And we said that wives also lust. Sometimes in the same way, sometimes not. Kind of tell. We were talking about this last night on the staircase out there. Yeah. Kind of, kind of share what you were saying.
2: I, I mean, I think women, you know, we do have the same kind of lust as far as you know, just visual lust. But it, it is different. We, we have emotional lust as well, and our lust, you know, we we tend to even to the fact that to the point of like looking at other women. We we like some of the women's legs. You know, we'll say, you know. I like her legs. I, I wish I had her legs. Or, you know, and not just that, but uh, uh, my thing um, I had a big problem with was I started going to the bar to sing karaoke, and I love to sing karaoke. But uh, I realized at one point that uh, I wasn't going to sing karaoke anymore.
0: Before Before you said that, what did you rationalize going? Karaoke. I'm singing. Yes, I'm I love singing. singing. He That's what that I way. told
2: him, you know, that I'm going to sing karaoke. I mean, I invited him to come with me, knowing that he wasn't going to come, you know.
0: But you realized but, uh, later, go ahead and
2: share that. That uh, I was getting hit on, you know, and guys were, you know, even though I would say, I'm sorry, you know, I'm married. But it made me feel good, you know. I I liked the attention I got. I liked guys coming on to me and, you know, saying things to me. Even if I, you know, completely shunned them for it, I went home like on a high, you know, like, wow, yeah, I've still got it, you know. (laughs) And and I didn't realize it till I mean, it, it was probably after I really stopped going that I just couldn't go anymore, I didn't have a babysitter or whatever, that I finally realized, like, you know, I really had a problem with it. And as much as I wanted to be mad at Jason. For the whole pornography thing, you know, I realized that my problem was no better than his. You know, that his problem wasn't, you know, that far from mine. You know, it's different, but it's the same. You know, I, I feel, you know, I tell Doug, you know, I pull up beside somebody, you'll see a guy pull up beside me. I'll be like, what am I doing? You know, like. <laughs>
0: you
2: do your long like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still struggle with it, you know, because I think I've. It's society, too, you know, makes you think, you know, you have to have this, uh, what is it, aura or whatever, that you're, this image that you're setting off. You want people to find you attractive. I mean, it's in everything you see. Yeah. It's in everything you see, everything you do. And I'm going to go to the Victoria's Secret. But, uh,
0: <laughs> we had this discussion. Tommy Nelson, several of our small groups are doing the Song of Solomon Bible study. And Tommy Nelson is the one who leads that Bible study. He's the pastor at Denton Bible Church. Phenomenal communicator. Um, well, I get an email from him once a week, kind of, you know, a little blurb, and he was talking about there is a store in the mall that all men love, and it's called Victoria's Secret. And he said, but we do not feel right going in there by ourselves, so we might get, you know, a, a gift certificate. I know pastors. I've got pastor friends that they they wouldn't dare go in the store, but they'll go online and order a gift certificate for their wives, you know, and, and so Tommy Nelson said, ladies, Take advantage of the fact that your man is visually oriented. He said, "Go buy something." He said, "I know that that terracotta robe has been passed down through generations and it's very comfortable, but it does nothing to stimulate your husband." And so that's what she's saying. She's going to Victoria's Secret, and Jason's like, "Yes, you know." Um, so you know anyway, now what? Um, How do you feel secure now? You felt insecure at that time. What what makes you feel secure? Because you've been talking about all this, and you said that that you're not as concerned about Jason as you used to be. How did you get to that point?
2: Well, number one, just turning it over to God. I mean, completely just realizing that I, you know, he said he couldn't make me happy. Well, I realized I couldn't make him happy either. I was like, okay, well, all this time I've been thinking that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. you know, do the, you know, I clean the house, I take care of the kids, I go to work, you know, and I'm, I give him sex, you know, what does he want from me? But I realized I was doing all these things because I wanted something back in return. I wanted him to do these things for me. And when I turned it over to God, man, I, I don't have to please Jason anymore. I don't even have to try. I mean, because he just handles everything. And, uh, I said...
1: I think one of the biggest things we was missing before was the intimacy mm. and, um... You know, that's one of the blessings God has poured out on us now is just just, just pure intimacy where we, we share so many things now. And and things that I wouldn't have wanted to hear before, you know, that, uh, I, you know, now I see it as an opportunity to be her hero, you know. And I want to be that, you know, like I never wanted to be it before. And, uh, and I, I take joy in that now, you know, that... Um, that I, because, you know, the Bible, the verse that really gets me is, it says, Men, to love your wife as Christ loved the church, and which he gave himself up for. And, I mean, when you start to understand that kind of love, you know, it's um, it'll break you down to the point to where there's nothing that, uh, that I want anymore from my wife. I just want to give it to her. I just want to, I want to be like no other man that she's ever experienced before in her life, you know, and I want to be... Um, You know, an example for my daughters, you know, that uh, hopefully that nobody can compete with. But, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but uh, um, I don't know where I never had this inside me before until, you know, we just turn this uh, turn it over to God. And Doug had this great illustration where the, you know, the triangle and God's head at the top and the husband and wife are in the the bottom corners. And as, as you walk, you know, closer to God, you guys grow closer together. And I mean. I can't, I, I can't, uh, I mean, just look at us. If you knew us before, which some people did, then you look at us now. I mean, that's just evidence that, that, that you know, that's just not something that he's saying, but it's factual, you know. It's, uh, you know, evidence, you know, God's uh, love. And, and that's why we wanted to, I mean, we agreed as embarrassing and and as it is, you know, to talk about this Amen. stuff. It's just our testimony about the, the love of Christ, you know, how he can change hearts. One of the other things we was talking about, you know, last night is, you know, we on TV they do all these miracles and stuff, and and I've always been like a skeptic person. Um, Talking but, about
0: evangelists and all right. that stuff.
1: And the bottom line is, I know that I've witnessed uh, uh, the greatest miracle that I probably ever will, with uh, you know God changing my heart and changing her heart to where you know I know you've seen people and I know you've made that judgment in your mind like there's no helping them, you know there's no uh, there's nothing that can be done. Not. <laughs> but I'm telling you that uh, I thought that, too. And uh, whenever I try to quit fixing it, uh, m- even myself or in her, you know, and uh, just, just focus on serving God. And God took care of that, uh, which I think he's the only one that has the power to do that.
0: And you said something. I'm glad you said it because you didn't know she had told us this in, in one of our Sunday team meetings. Um, that She said, as a matter of fact, this last Tuesday, she said, one of the things that Jason has started saying that I love hearing him say is he wants to be my hero. And and she, she got teary-eyed just then when you said it. She had to look down because... And I've been thinking about that, too, since since she shared that with us, that, that I want to be my wife's hero. Um, it's one of the best things I can do for my daughters, for my son, is to show them that I am deeply in love with their mother. It's one of the greatest legacies that we can leave... Um, Because a lot of us can talk about We weren't sure about our parents' love We didn't necessarily have A a good example in front of us And this next generation Is being bombarded at a younger age Than we were And I'm being amazed As people share with me The age that they start pornography And I was like I was Caleb's age Caleb and I have been talking about this I was his age when I went to a friend's house And was first exposed to, to pornography and uh, I, I talked to a man this last week that he was four years old when he was first exposed to it. And I'm going, oh dear God. And, and here's something. We're going we're to finish this up. But here's two things I want to share with you, two illustrations that, that will kind of summarize this, this whole deal with, with pornography, with the visual stuff. I was laying in bed with Caleb. We're reading um, Preparing for Adolescence. And it is a great book. There's some words that, you know, you may have to translate, but like we read about all the changes that are about to happen in a boy's life, and we've talked about those, and, and Caleb knows it's coming. I mean, he knows what's going on. Well, uh, two nights ago, we read about... Girls and all the changes that girls go through in puberty. And we talk about how, you know, most girls around fifth or sixth grade, they go off in and, and this other... I remember this. I remember all the girls go into this class, and all the boys had to sit there and do spelling tests or whatever, and I'm like, God, how come they get to go, you know? And the girls come back, and they're all, you know wide-eyed, and pale, you know, because they're freaked out about this stuff that's going to happen. And we didn't know. Everything I learned about sexuality, I either learned in a porn magazine or I learned from teenage boys who don't have a stinking clue about life, um, I, that's where I learned all this stuff. So I want to be very open with my son. And we started talking about pornography, and I said, Caleb, I was your age when I started looking at pornography, and I said, it will ruin you. And so, Jeff shared an illustration a couple of weeks ago um, about pornography and, and what it's like. This one man, who was it? Stu Weber? Uh, Steve Perrar, uh, the man who wrote Point Man and several books like that. So I shared this with Caleb. I said, Caleb, if you were really thirsty and I were to go to the toilet and I were to stick a, a cup of water, cup in there and a scoop out of the water and bring it back to you, would you drink that? And He goes, oh, yuck. I said, well, why wouldn't you drink it? And he goes, because It's nasty. And I said, exactly. I said, it would poison your body. I said, that's exactly what pornography does to your mind. And I said, son, please don't ever get involved in that. Because it will poison you. Now, this last thing I just want to share with you about men and women and how we're different and all of that. Now, I want you to to, to assume that uh, over here on Jason's right is a pitcher of water and a cup. (laughs) And Jason is the only one that can give his wife a drink. And she's thirsty. So she turns to Jason and she says, (laughs) You're good at that. Um, She turns to Jason and she says, Honey, could could you get me some water? And Jason's like, I don't really feel like getting you a cup of water right now. Just don't feel like it. (laughs) So, she sits there for a while. She turns back to him and she's like, Jason, I'm thirsty. I need some water. And Jason's like, I kind of have a headache right now. <laughs> huh. Maybe later. Two or three hours later, Jason thought uh, is still very thirsty. <laughs> and she's like, Jason, please give me a drink of water.
2: I'm still smiling though.
0: And Jason kind of puts his hand on his hip and he says, with an attitude like that, you're never getting a drink of water. And so Danae is really, really frustrated. This goes on for day after day after day. And finally, Jason gives in, pours her a cup of water, and says, Here, drink your stinking water. So Danae's over here, she's I mean, she's dying of thirst. And and do you think she's satisfied by that drink of water? Probably not. And in her mind, she's thinking, I'm going to get thirsty again. <laughs> and i got to ask the same guy for a drink of water. So I better watch my attitude and my tone of voice if I ever have a prayer of getting a drink of water again. Now, I think you see the, the illustration. When we stand before God... As men, And we pledge our lives. Our sex lives to our wives. We are saying to them. You are the only one. Who can ever give me a drink of water. And many times our wives. Sometimes legitimately. Sometimes not legitimately. Will say I just don't feel like it right now. And husbands get very sexually frustrated. A book that we're going to. Do this summer. We've been talking about this. I think we just need to do it. We're going to have a book club this summer. And we may even do it in an on-campus uh, small group. It's called Every Man's Battle. Because I've been talking to lots of men and, and they're like, my wives are asking me questions. And I said, we all need to read this book together. Because it talks about being male. And as males, there is this deal about every 72 hours that males desire a release. A sexual release, and women are going. That's every three days. What are you talking about? It doesn't mean that a man has to give in to those desires. So we're going to talk about how to choose being a man as as opposed to saying, "Well, that's just I'm a male." I remember years ago doing a Bible study where you know First Corinthians says we should not withhold our bodies from one another except for a time and then only to pray and by mutual consent. So the Bible says the only time you should Withhold sex from your partner, from your spouse, is if you both agree to it, and then it's only for a specified amount of time, and then it's only to pray. Now, as as a man, um, I've talked to many men, and we do not want to have sexual relations with our wives if they are just like, here. You know, that is not sexy. Um, That doesn't do it. So, so Janie and I have, have begun to talk very openly about this actually started several years ago. She said, I want to be the only woman who ever satisfies you, the only woman you ever desire. And I think, like, all right, that's why I signed up for this gig. And and so we talk about this. And if she doesn't feel well, here's what she'll do. She'll say, I just am exhausted tonight. Can we make a date for tomorrow? I'm like, Sure. 24 hours? I can hang on for 24 hours. You know? No problem. But if she said that, as as a man, and and desiring to have sexual relations with my wife, which is a good thing, God created sex. If we come 24 hours later, she's like,
1: I've
0: got a headache. I am seriously disappointed. <laughs> and I am ripe for an attack from Satan. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that she is... She is contributing to my lust. What I'm saying is I become more sensitive to the, the attacks of Satan. Does that, does that make sense? So we've got the reason we decided to do this. We want to be very open and honest. And we want to talk about sex in our church. If you were here for the marriage series last year, you know, I said sex so many times um, that, that folks were shocked. And I'm like, you just better get over it because we're going to talk about it all this, this whole series. Um, We want to be very open and honest because sex is a good thing. God designed it for marriage. And when it's used in marriage the way God designed, it creates intimacy. Even in a marriage when when they weren't following God, they didn't have intimacy. When they gave their lives to Christ, they said they would never trade it for anything else. I want you all to give them a hand for being willing to to share with us. Stay right here. We actually are going to give them uh, some shirts. Alex has a picture of this. Uh, we didn't have; they didn't come in in time. Y'all can look right there. You can see the shirt. XXXChurch.com porn site for the entire family. This church was actually established to reach people who are struggling with pornography. And if you have any guys, let me tell you, if you have any struggles with this, you need to go to XXXChurch.com and get their X3 software. It's free. What it does is it takes pictures or it it records all of the websites that you've been to and you can designate who your accountability partner is. And and every two weeks I get an email from Alex, all of the sites that he's been to. Every two weeks he gets an email from me, all the sites that I've been to. And it is it is very um, it it will help you avoid temptation if you know there's somebody else going to be looking at your websites. So. So. You can go there and you can get free software and get an accountability partner. And if you're struggling at all with this, share with somebody. If you don't have any other place to go, come here to celebrate recovery. Tonight we got meatloaf. How many pounds of meatloaf? Nine pounds of meatloaf that Jeff made for tonight. And uh, if, if we're not passing out from, from uh, sleep deprivation, then we'll be here tonight. Um, if you're, if you're a celebrate recovery person, kind of meet with Jeff back there before you leave tonight, or if you're interested in it, Jeff's the one uh, before you leave this afternoon, Jeff's the one back there running our sound. And, uh, we're just going to kind of poll everybody to see if you're even coming back tonight. If you're not, we're going to postpone it. Um, so just go talk to him. Let's pray together and let's be dismissed. Father, I just want to thank you for. Again, for Jason and Danae and, and for what you've done in their lives. Father, I ask that you bless them and that you protect them and that, God, you just give them this this desire to be totally open and honest with each other. And I pray that their honesty might pierce someone's heart today and uh, might give them the courage maybe to talk to Jason or name, maybe to talk to me or, or come to celebrate recovery, because all of us are just colossal screw ups. God, we all have stuff that we struggle with. And. And it would be so helpful to have somebody to talk to about it. We desperately want to be that church where folks can be open and honest, can be loved regardless of what's in their past. And so we just pray that you enable us to become that church. Father, bless us today as we leave this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.